Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Morning Shot here on The Breakfast Show. It's Amar Akhtar and Ryan Huang with you. Standing by. Access denied. Access denied. Access granted. The risk of getting spoofed is rising as billions of new smart devices and apps get introduced into workplaces, homes and even public spaces. And that's right, lots to worry about these days. Just last year alone, the Cybersecurity Agency of Singapore received about 8,500 reports of phishing attempts. That's a 175% rise compared to the year before. Yeah, staggering numbers indeed. And that's why governments around the globe are looking at how they can forge better partnerships with one another, as well as create more impactful synergies between the public and private sectors when dealing with cyber threats. That's also a key theme covered as part of the GovWare conference discussions that are taking place in Singapore this week. For more insights, we're joined by Juliet Wilcox, Cybersecurity Ambassador for Defence and Security Exports at the UK Department for Business and Trade. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, and thank you very much for having me on. Great having you on. We're also joined by Shan John, Chief Technology Officer of the NCC Group, a global cyber and software resilience business. Welcome to the show, Sean. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Sean. Let's start with you first. Digital technologies appear to be advancing at a rapid speed, not just for us, but for cyber criminals and syndicates as well. Could we get you to weigh in on how that is changing the game when it comes to developing programs to protect national security? It's the case with any new technology that when it's developed, you know, as well as those of us that want to make use of it for for good, there's criminals are also going to seek to exploit that new technology development. So what we've got to do is think about whenever new technology comes along, not just look at the potential and the opportunity it provides, but also think about how it could be exploited and what we need to do to protect against it. Mm. So it's really important then for, for government and private sector to work together to look at, you know, not only how can we develop new technologies to be better, but how can we actually make sure that we're putting in place the guardrails to protect against any possible exploit as well. All right, Julian, let's talk about the concept of what's called a power triangle, which basically suggests that strong government, industry and academia collaboration is required to tackle the most serious global cyber threats. So what kind of cyber threats are we talking about that these three are able to tackle that each alone can't? And on that note, how challenging is it to synergize efforts? Thanks. Well, I mean, it is obviously quite challenging, but one of the keys behind this, I think, is to work out the incentives and the reasons why people would want to collaborate together here. So if you look at it through technology and and policy and people lenses, current risks of technology, um, you need to look at how you create that secure by design concept. How do you make things uh, secure to use and build? And that comes from both your research through academia, the, the regulation that the governments might put in to create that standard, and then the, the choices that people make and the industry make and how they're creating their products. Now, what is it that they want to be uh, as their sort of star product, the star feature? So security could be at the heart of that. Uh, then I think about what's the, what are the governments doing to think about the future issues coming along, technology, artificial intelligence, etc. How are they thinking about the, the, the way that they regulate, the way that they also make um, innovation possible through these new lenses, but also how they guard against that irresponsible behaviour of people like um, a sort of adversarial actors, criminals, uh, the way that these are going to be used for sort of ransomware attacks and other spoofing and other threats against us. And then finally, the people element here, how can you make people aware of the threats so governments can help build awareness, can create 
frameworks for skills, etc. And people, again, can learn and use some of this uh, um, awareness technology to, to themselves understand and protect themselves better against some of these threats. So that, but it does take all three of those elements of the triangle to make that work. Sean, coming back to you, you talked about how the government and private sector need to work together to erect guardrails against cyber threats. So from a technical standpoint, what are the key infrastructure enhancements that are needed to complement the critical national infrastructure on the digital front? Uh, so there's a few things. I mean, Juliet was mentioning security by design. So right. actually building systems as secure by design as possible. Um, and there's actually an initiative funded by the UK government that's global looking at ARM creating a, a new chip called the Cherry Chip, which will effectively provide more security at the hardware level. But then also when you're looking at critical natural infrastructure, it's about connecting machinery to the internet, so operational technology, so big turbines, big energy generation technology. So we need to look at how we can secure and lock down and protect operational technology and, and the internet of things as that connects to the internet. And then finally, making sure that we test things. So we are looking at any new hardware, or any new critical infrastructure environment, and we're actually saying, let us check and see how somebody might break in and then put the protections in place against that. If it's important to not assume that everything will be okay, to make sure you put some secure design process in place, but then also to test to make sure that it is secure. Yeah, talking about digital infrastructure, Juliet, let's talk about how governments should work together on this front because it's not as simple as it sounds. There are sensitivities around national digital infrastructure. So when we look at this space, what are some of the areas you think are appropriate for international partnerships and maybe some issues that might have to be looked at more closely? Well, you're right. I think critical national infrastructure is often regarded as something that's, that's very sensitive. It's something that as a country you want to protect as one of your sovereign issues. But building that securely doesn't necessarily mean you have to have all of the ideas and all of the technology only owned and delivered from within your shores. There have to be very many common interests here that are shared internationally and indeed common capabilities. So Learning how to, for example, understand your supply chains, that was mentioned a bit by Sean when she talked about the, the, the semiconductor chip. Um, you know, who is and how are we building secure supply chains? And that is going to have to be an international effort with trusted partners. I think also internationally, yes, we can and we must share some of the understandings of the risks and the threats that are coming our way because you can see that attacks, cyber threats, don't know international borders. There are no passports for cyber attacks. So sharing your understanding of what is happening and how it is happening and then protecting collectively, that has to be an international issue. And then I think there's some sharing of sort of innovation and thinking uh, of the future technology as well. I mean, how are we going to all think about the future of AI, of, of quantum and some of the other things that our uh, trusted partners overseas will want to work collaboratively with us. And those partnerships are you know, vital and not just through governments as well. I mean, it could be international academics as well and industry too. So how can we make sure that we're looking after our own physical national infrastructure, but we're doing it using the best possible capabilities and the best possible and most secure supply chains. All right, if you're just joining us, we're in conversation with Sean John, the Chief Technology Officer of the NCC Group, a global cyber and software resilience business, as well as Juliet Wilcox, Cyber Security Ambassador for Defense and Security Exports at the UK Department for Business and Trade. Juliet, let's just stay with you for this question. You talked about how governments need to share an understanding of the risks and the threats, as well as on innovation, thinking of 
the future technology. Could you share some examples of such cooperation between the UK and Singapore and how might that differ when it comes to working with developing nations? Yeah, so our relationship with Singapore actually is a fantastic uh, illustration of this. I mean, I think there are probably three things that you can do internationally with part- with really, really trusted partners. And one is to understand some common frameworks that you're all working with. One is to think about how you're sort of actively having a dialogue, a bilateral dialogue together. And the third thing is where you are interacting regionally as well to, to ensure that your neighbourhood is as secure as possible. So, you know, with, with Singapore in particular, for example, um, we've done some things uh, that are very, very common to together uh, we've looked at our internet of things code of practice uh, singapore's introduced its own sort of internet of things labeling scheme and they work very much together under uh, common frameworks and goals and you can similarly look at skills and professionalism and where we can recognize the skills that people have in the cybersecurity area it allows people to understand um, the, the capabilities that they have and, and people to move around as well and, and be professional internationally you can look at, at our very close cyber um, partnership through dialogue and bilateral relationships to make sure that we work together in issues such as the UN, where we work closely with uh, Singapore on the counter ransomware initiative, uh, but also other areas in the UN where we, we really share a very common perspective on how we work together. And then finally, you know, regional engagement where Singapore is leading through the ASEAN Singapore Cyber Centre of Excellence. Again, thinking about how it can help develop the region locally and working with the UK on some of the capacity building projects here um, in the region. So absolutely critical, these international partnerships. And, and of course, our work with Singapore, very, very high on our list of priorities. Mm, so we've been getting a pretty good macro picture right now. So let's talk about what it means for businesses. Sean, let's talk about what are some of the key risks and loopholes that companies have within their current business models and what's the scale of change required in order to enhance the shield against these large-scale attacks? Yeah, I think the biggest problem, and it's beginning to change, but the biggest problem historically is that cyber risk is seen as something that's separate and a bit techy and not part of running business. So people will invest in new technology, but then they'll then go, oh, the security people come in afterwards to fix it, and they just get in the way of, of doing business. Whereas actually what, and then things like going through security checks is a compliance tip checklist around something's fundamental to business. And now, as virtually every business relies on digital technology, you really need to think about cyber risk as one of those inherent risks to the business. So it should be, how can I be resilient against those cyber threats? And as I investigate new technology, like being connected, like having IoT or AI solutions, I'm also thinking about how do I put the security in place? How do I manage the threat to maximize the opportunity? And then seeing the security teams in your organization as a partner, not a compliance check or an obstructor to business. And I think that's the biggest risk that faces most businesses. It's beginning to change, but really everything else comes from that the fact that we don't take cyber as an inherent risk like you would financial and operational risk. And it's really where we need to be to actually make sure that we do the right thing from a business perspective. All right, Sean, Julia, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you. We've been in conversation with Sean John, the Chief Technology Officer of the NCC Group, a global cyber and software resilience business, as well as Juliet Wilcox, Cyber Security Ambassador for Defense and Security Exports at the UK Department for Business and Trade. We've been talking about how governments around the world can come together and boost critical digital infrastructure to keep cyber threats at bay. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. 
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Audio at the App Store and Google Play.